Rising behind the back. Roll up pass. Underneath. He breaks the pass. Laker fans, we are back. We are back in business with the Ask Laker Lance podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and for listening to the podcast. It's been a long time, long time since I've uh, been here talking to you, but I'm back. We are back. The season is here. The the preseason is over for the 2015 slash, sorry, 2014 slash 15 season and the regular season is right around the corner. Man, so much has happened since the last time we spoke. So much, so much to talk about. I could go on forever, but I'm I'm not going to. I'm going to try to keep this not a marathon podcast and not try to make up for everything that I, we didn't talk about over the last year. Um, but keep us going forward and talk about this this year's team this year's lakers where we are what we're gonna do and what we want to see so because there's there's so much going on and so much to talk about i've decided that what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna stick strictly for this podcast to the questions uh the questions that have been submitted for the podcast from uh listeners out there um there's a good amount of questions and um, to try to keep myself to be brief or brief enough to make this a listenable podcast uh, in one sitting, I'm going to do it that way. So if there's things we don't cover, things we don't talk about, things you want to talk about, then please let me know. I try to answer every single question that I get on the podcast. So if you want to ask me a question, there's a lot of ways you can do it. Um, you can you can ask on the Facebook page, which is Ask Laker Lance on Facebook. Uh, you can ask from the Twitter page, also at uh, Laker Lance. Um, or yeah, that's pretty much how you can do it. Uh, so hit me up on one of those uh, those two places and, and ask your question, and I'll be happy to answer it here on the air, as they say. Um, as we get going, um, the preseason is over, as I mentioned before. Lakers have already made two cuts to the roster. Uh, we cut, who did we cut? Jabari Brown, uh, who's guard. Uh, and we also cut Roscoe P. Coltrane Chicken and Waffle Smith. Man, that, I'm, I'm bummed to see that. I was really bummed to see Roscoe go. He actually played a lot during the, pre, the last preseason game uh, against uh, Sacramento. Uh, but just for the fact that this guy has like the coolest name in the entire NBA, Roscoe Smith. But uh, he was waived today, so sorry about that, bud. I would have liked uh, saying your name all year. Uh, <clears throat> so, on to the questions. So, first uh, group of questions comes from uh, from Joe. Um and the first question Joe asks uh, is, who's, uh, who's my starting five? Who would be my starting five if I was making, uh, making those decisions? Uh, which is a fantastic question. And it's a question that, you know, Laker fans and probably the coaches are probably dealing with right now is who is going to be the starting five? I mean, obviously right now Steve Nash has just been um, out 
decided to he's out for the season because he hurt his back. I think carrying his bags up to his hotel room. I'm not making a joke, and I'm not exaggerating. I think that's exactly what happened. Uh, so, but he's out for the season, and that's that's too bad for for Nash, a guy of, of his stature and his career. But you know, we got to move on. So obviously, that kind of makes things a little bit easier for the team in terms of knowing what we have and knowing how to go on from here. Because I tell you, that would have been a really really difficult situation for. Coach Scott to deal with, you know, on a nightly basis, trying to know what Steve Nash is going to be able to give you any certain night. What kind of minutes is he going to be able to give you? Because you kind of never know until until shoot around. Like, are you going to easily be going to be able to play? You know, sometimes yes, and then sometimes no. So you know, all due respect, man, that that would have been that would have sucked <laughs> to have to deal with that. Uh, all season long. So, I mean, but this is not really a surprise to me. I mean, I'm a huge Steve Nash fan. I'm super excited when he came to the team. Uh, I was a fan of his as a player before he even came to the team. And, man, I really wanted him to be able to, to string together some a series of games and, and play for us. And I know he's been really working his butt off to do it. Uh, but it's just uh, not not to be. But, you know, it does make it a little bit easier for us to go on and figure out what we got. So, that being said, uh, my starting five is going to be uh, Jeremy Lin starting at point guard with Kobe at the shooting guard, uh, Wesley Johnson at the three, Boozer at the four, and Ed Davis at the five. Now, let me explain. So, there's been a lot of talk right now about who should start at the point guard position. Should it be Jeremy Lin or should it be Ronnie Price? Ronnie Price has been playing a lot of minutes in the preseason, and he's looked good. You know, we, he's a new acquisition this year. He's an older guy. Um, I think he's around 30 years old, so he's kind of a veteran player. Not super athletic, but, you know, but a good, a good solid player, and he's been playing really well. And so there's been some he's, – he's started a couple of the games because Jeremy Lin has been, um, has been injured, and Jeremy Lin, the last couple games, has been able to play again, but he's still come off the bench. Coach Scott is still bringing Jeremy Lin off the bench. And I think the reason that he's bringing Jeremy Lin off the bench is because he's developed a really good chemistry with backup center Ed Davis, who who I think is great. I, I really enjoy watching this kid play. I think he's got a lot to give to the team. And him and Jeremy Lin seem to have a really good connection and a good chemistry together. So I think that's why Coach Scott was kind of experimenting with having Jeremy Lin come off the bench and kind of bolstering that that uh, second unit, you know, with Ed Davis and Jeremy Lin having some some juice and some speed and some some firepower there, um, which is which is legit. I understand. So, but I think I think Jeremy Lin should start. And then if you're worried about taking away the chemistry between Jeremy Lin and Ed Davis. And my answer is just start Ed Davis, you know? I mean, I don't think there should be a huge controversy over... Uh, I mean, Jordan Hill is a good player, you know? And he's a good center, and he played really well for us the last couple of years, and he was really underutilized in Mike D'Antoni's system, and I'm really happy that we signed him for this year, and I'm happy that he's here to, to play for us. But, I mean, my experience in watching him for the past couple of years is that he has been fantastic coming off the bench, and every time we have started Jordan, 
he's not quite as fantastic. And so there you go. You know, if we're worried about getting rid of the chemistry between Jeremy Lin and Ed Davis, then start them both. What's what's going to hurt? You know, I don't think Ed Davis is going to be worse or a drop off necessarily from uh, from Jordan Hill, at least from what I've seen in the preseason. I think they're both playing really good basketball. So start Ed Davis, start Jeremy Lin, and then let let Jordan come off the bench. You know, I mean that's that's how I see it at least. Um, so and then obviously Kobe starts. Uh, I think Boozer should start. Um, and uh, there you go. And then coming off the bench with my lineup would be basically Jordan Clarkson and Ronnie Price switching off a minute. Uh, coming off the bench as shooting guard, I want Nick Young, Swaggy P to come back up Kobe and play a lot of minutes and s- do a lot of the scoring off the off the bench. And I would love for Xavier to come in and play off the three with Julius Randle at the four and then Jordan Hill coming off at the five. I think that would be a fantastic bench squad and I think they would they would run up run up and down all day and uh, I think that would be great now there's a lot of ifs in there because right now Ronnie Price is kind of out with a knee injury we're not really sure how bad it is if he's gonna have to miss any time or not um, and Xavier is not playing right now which sucks and I've been hearing like every day is like oh he's close he's close he's close but he didn't see any time in the entire preseason. So even best case scenario, he's ready to go when the season starts. He starts playing. That'll be like his first game. You know, he hasn't played, so he's not going to have any chemistry with any of the other guys. It's going to be new. So, but, I mean, I think he's a great talent. I think he's a great kid, and I think the sooner he starts playing, the better. So there it is. And there's also Ryan Kelly. You know, I think Ryan's a great player, and I think he should play. But right now, he's not healthy either. I mean, he, you know, he was nursing a hamstring injury the whole preseason, and then he's finally ready to come back. And the the shoot around of the game where he's coming back, he injures his other hamstring. I mean, come on, dude, stretch. So that sucks, and that's a bummer. And so I don't know how long he's going to be out with his new hammy injury. Uh, but if he's healthy, I think I think he can play, and he should play. And Ryan can play the three, the four, or the five, you know, and who knows, maybe he'll kind of play all three of those. So I think he's a real versatile player. I mean, he's big, he can post. He's not that strong, but, you know, he's he's got height advantage over a lot of guys, and, and he can shoot the lights out. So I think uh, he would be really effective in a lot of areas if we uh, use him when he's healthy. Um, next question Joe had was after... Uh, the preseason, so what did you like and what did you dislike to me? Um, that's a great question, Joe, and it's very uh, open-ended. Uh, I'm going to try not to talk for three hours on that question, which I probably could. Uh, things that I liked uh, about the preseason, you know what I like? Here's what I like. I liked the improvement over the course of the preseason on defense from the entire team. We all know from the very beginning of training camp, uh, B. Scott has been emphasizing defense, 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 which is fantastic, I think, and a huge switch from the last couple of years. Now, is it going to translate to the floor, to games? At first, you're kind of wondering, mm, I don't know if it's really going to translate to games because the defense really doesn't really look that great. But as games kind of went on and the guys are getting better and they're getting better, they're getting more confident, they're getting more solid, they're starting communicating better and better, and the defense is really, really improving. 
And that's that's all you can really ask for is what they're working on. Is it getting better? And from my eyes, and I've watched every single preseason game, in my eyes, I think it is getting better. And that's fantastic. And that's only going to continue to get better and continue to grow confidence in the guys uh, the more they work on it. So I, I really like that, the improvement on defense. Are we a great defensive team right now? No, we're not. But I think we have the tools to be a great defensive team if the guys want to. If they continue to buy into the defensive philosophies that the coaching staff is putting out, I think we definitely could be a great defensive team. So we need to continue to move forward. Now, are we moving forward as of right now? Yes, we are because I've seen improvement every single game. So that's that's fantastic. Uh, what else did I like? I really like I, – I talked about this already, but I like the Jeremy Lin-Ed Davis combo. That was a nice thing that we kind of discovered through training camp through the preseason, that little um, give and take combo between those two guys. They ended up playing really, really well together. Um, I really like that. So um, I hope that that continues. Even if, if it comes to the, to the point where maybe Jeremy Lin starts and Ed Davis doesn't start, I think Jeremy Lin can still be able to play enough minutes where he's going to be playing with the second unit and have some time with, uh, with Ed Davis on the on the floor, and they can continue to utilize what they've kind of started, which I think would be great. Uh, another thing I liked was the improvement of Jules Julius Randle. Um, I got to say, at, at the beginning of, the, of camp and at the beginning of the preseason, I was not sold on Julius Randle at all. I was really bummed with this kid. I thought he didn't have his head on straight. He came in out of shape wasn't really busting his butt at camp, working hard. He kind of had guys had to get on him. Kobe had to kind of get on him. He was, like, slacking off on drills, not running back, you know, and, and I, I see the body language, and it it doesn't – I don't love the body language that he has. It kind of has the feeling like, okay, the camera's on, so I need to look like I'm paying attention, but, dude, just shut up and let me play your game is kind of the vibe that I got from him. Uh, in the beginning. Now, I think that is getting better, and I hope it is, because I I think what happened was basically Julius Randle is probably one of those guys who has been the best player on his team everywhere he has gone, probably from junior high school all the way through college. You know, so when you're that guy, you don't really have to work your absolute hardest. You don't have to give everything that you have to put it out there when you're always the best guy on the team. You know, you you can kind of just do your thing and be okay and still win games. You know, it takes a special kind of person to be the best and then continue to want to be better. You know, that's that's why, you know, that's why Kobe is so special and he's such a once in a lifetime player because he is the best and he's still always constantly striving to be better and better and better you know and that's what sets him apart and that's one thing i just did not see from julius in the beginning now he has been improving you know i know that that kobe and uh byron scott kind of sat him down and had a talk with him said look man i i want to make sure we're on the same page i want to make sure we're communicating we want you to get better we're trying to help you you know, if we don't talk to you, that means we don't care. We've given up, and we're not doing that. And he seems to have responded well, you know. Um, so I hope that continues to, to happen and he continues to get better because he's a phenomenal talent, and he's a real headache for anybody to deal with um, because the fact that he can post, 
He has power. He can overpower guys, and he has a really nice jump shot around 15 feet from the basket. So he's a really, really difficult guy to guard down there. And coming off the bench, I think he could really, really do some damage against the second teams of uh, whoever we play. So I hope he uh, continues to improve because I wasn't sold on him from the beginning, but um, I'm starting to like what I see a little bit more. So the jury's still out for me personally on Julius Randle, but I like what I'm seeing improvement-wise, so we'll see. Uh, the other thing I liked about the preseason was uh, was Kobe. You know, I mean, that, that was a huge question mark coming into this preseason. You know, he's coming off of two devastating, possibly career-ending injuries. You know, he hasn't really played in, in like, a year. You know, what's he going to look like? He's he's old as dirt in NBA ter- terms. You know, he's he's playing his 19th year in the league. I mean, the only other player in the entire league that was drafted and came into the year in 96, which is the year that Kobe came in, was Steve Nash, also on our team. And now Steve Nash is done for the season and probably out for her, the rest of his career. So Kobe is now the only person left in the league from that 96 draft. He would be the absolute oldest, longest player, longest playing player in the entire league if it was not for Kevin Garnett, who was drafted in 1995. But other than Kevin Garnett, Kobe is the oldest player, the longest playing player in the entire league. So that doesn't give you a lot of confidence that this guy is going to come out and, and be lights out, Now, other than the fact that he's Kobe Bryant. So huge question mark on what he's going to be like, what his game's going to be like. But he came into camp in great shape. He came into camp with a great attitude, as always, working his butt off harder than the rooks, which is one thing why it really pissed me off that Julius Randle was slacking off. If a dude like Kobe in his 19th season is out there busting his butt, rook, you better get your butt up there and run, okay? And um, so, but but Kobe looked great in the preseason. He really looked great. He he seemed to be doing everything that he wanted to do. Now, is he athletic as he was five years ago? No, of course he's not. Does that mean he's going to not be a, a worse player? I don't believe that's true. You know, I believe he can be just just as effective as he's been the past couple years uh, just because of the fact that his skill level is so high, so much higher than everybody else. His footwork is amazing, and most of all, his basketball IQ is is so off the charts that he can read read the defense, he can read teams, he can make decisions that's going to make make everybody better. So that's what I uh, – those are things I liked about the preseason. Okay, uh, what did I dislike about the preseason? Uh, well, like I already mentioned, uh, the start of Julius Randle when the season started was not crazy about that, uh, but I won't I won't go into that again. So, but I did not like that. Um, another thing I dislike about the preseason is is all the injuries. I mean, man, come on. As Laker fans, I think we've had enough. Okay, we've had enough of the injuries. I mean, come on. What what other team has had to suffer as many ridiculous injuries as we have suffered over the past two years? I mean, this is ridiculous. And now we got we got guys falling like flies again. I mean, come on. You know, at least Jeremy Lin is back. Jordan Clarkson seems to be back. Ryan Kelly was almost back. But now he's out again. Xavier... Like I said before, has been we've been saying for weeks. Oh, he's close, he's close, but he's still not back, you know. And 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 now even Wayne Ellington is back, which is a dude who probably wouldn't have made the team. Well, probably is not going to make the team, but 
he got a concussion uh, on the last game against Sacramento. And the thing is that he probably would have been cut after that last preseason game. But because of the NBA rules, um, if you cut a player while he's hurt, then you automatically guarantee his contract. You have to pay him the money for the full contract. So that's why Jabari and Roscoe were dropped today, and Wayne Ellington is still on the team. Because I'll bet you the reality is, because of the way the, the contract is set up and the CBA set up, that we're going to wait until he's well. And as soon as he's well, you feeling good, man? Concussion's all gone? You good? Yeah, you good? Cool? All right, see ya. Pack your bags. <laughs> I think I think he's gonna be he's gonna be cut. So which which kind of sucks, you know, if you think about it that way. But th- those are the rules. That's how it goes. I don't think he would have made the team, but that's why he hasn't been uh, waived as of yet. Um, the last thing I did not like about the preseason is the team's continued dependence on Kobe. Okay, this is a big deal for me, you know. And we we've, we've been as fans, we've been watching this for years, you know. Kobe gets the ball in the wing, and what happens? Everybody stands around and watches. You know, how many times have we seen that? How many times have I yelled at the TV, move, cut, run, do something. Don't just stand there. Because if you don't move, he's not going to pass you the ball because you're covered. You're easily to co- you're easily covered if you're just standing there. Oh, Kobe's ball hog. No, he's not going to pass you the ball if you're just going to stand there with your finger up your nose watching him. You want the ball, move. You know, Kobe will definitely pass the ball and give it up. He's he's done it a hundred times before, but he's not going to do it if you're just going to stand there. And if you're just going to stand there, he knows, he believes in his heart. He can take this guy, whoever's guarding him. He'll take him down and he'll make the shot. So, oh, no, nobody moves. So Kobe makes a shot on his own. What a ball hog. I mean, come on, man. You want the ball, move. You know, it just that, that that last game, a couple games ago, when he, he scored like five points at the very end of the game and sent the game into overtime, I mean, it was great because, you know, look at Kobe. He can still do it. He can still win a game all by himself. But what the heck was everybody else doing? You know, that's the question What that, that I had in my mind. What the heck is everybody else doing? Standing around, which is why I love the fact that right after Kobe tied the game, put us into overtime, we go into overtime, and B. Scott benches Kobe. Like, yes, that's exactly what needs to happen. He was like, all right, young fellas, he got us here. Now you go out and you win that game. You win the game. Don't be dependent on Kobe. You win the game, you know. And they went out and and they lost the game. But hopefully they learned. That was the point. And they learned. So because they lost the game, and what was the next thing that happened for the next game? All right, Kobe's out for the whole game. He's not going to play at all. You guys go out and win, which was fantastic. And and what happened? They won the game. You know, in the last preseason game, no Kobe. You guys go out and win this game. You know, they played. They played great. They were ahead most of the game. They gave it up at the very end, which kind of sucked. I think they got tired, and uh, they kind of slacked off a little bit in the last two minutes and kind of let the game slip away. But the fact that B. Scott seems to realize that you guys, they can't rely on Kobe is fantastic. I have been waiting years for this to happen, years for a coach to, to realize that and put his foot down and say, you guys are not going to be dependent on him because that is the secret to our success. In my mind, what I believe, Kobe cannot be this team. Kobe needs to be treated as a weapon, a very specific weapon to be used in specific times, not to be the entire offense of the team. This team has to function 
without him, and then we, we need to be able to bring him in as a weapon in certain situations. If we can do that, we can be competitive with anybody. But if we don't, and the team keeps allowing themselves to be dependent on Kobe for the offense, thinking, oh, Kobe will save the day. Oh, Kobe will come and do this. Kobe will do that. It's not going to happen. We're going to run him right back into the ground, and he's going to play. have to play too many minutes, and he's going to end up getting another catastrophic energy, and his career is going to be over. Okay, But the good news, the bright side of this, is I think Byron Scott knows this, either instinctively or consciously, I think he knows this, and he's trying to teach the team. Because this is what I've been saying this for years. You've got to coach everybody else. You don't have to coach Kobe. You don't have to worry about what he's going to do. You have to worry about what everybody else is doing when we don't have Kobe, and especially what everybody else is doing when Kobe is on the floor. I mean, whenever Kobe gets the ball in the wing and he stands there and he's serving up, surveying up the defense, he's deciding what he want to do, he's deciding which shot he's going to take, Everybody else, the other four guys on the floor, should be running. It should be like a fire drill. They should just immediately, all four of them, just run, cut, cut, even if it's just chaotic run, 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 cut. Because Kobe is good enough and smart enough, even in that chaos, he can find an open man, and he will find somebody to get an easy score. And worst case scenario, he can't find anybody to get an even score, but everybody, all the other four guys, are cutting, cutting, and running. That forces the other team to play one-on-one defense. And that means if everybody's playing one-on-one defense, everybody, all the other four guys are running and cutting across the floor, except for Kobe, who's got the ball, that means there's only one guy guarding Kobe. Guarding Kobe one-on-one ain't going to happen. Whoever that is, I don't care who it is, Kobe's going to score on him. So you got an easy score either way. But the only way this doesn't happen is if Kobe gets the ball in the wing and everybody else stands there puts on their tourist glasses and their cameras and takes pictures, look at Kobe Bryant. That is the recipe for disaster. So I'm hoping they fix that. I'm hoping they address that because that was the one bad thing about that game that Kobe got us, pulled us out from behind and tied the game is that what everybody else was doing. That's my concern. What is everybody else doing? Don't be reliant on Kobe. That was the last thing I disliked. Um, Okay, Joe also asks, do the Lakers make the playoffs? Uh, I say yes. I say they do. Everybody's writing us off. Everybody has written us off. Even members of the L.A. media, most of the members of the L.A. media have written off the team already for this game, not even played a single regular season game. They've written us off. Screw them. I don't care. I think we're making the playoffs. I think we can definitely get into the eighth, maybe even the seventh seed. Um, Joe also asks, uh, who does make the playoffs in the West? All right, I mean, yeah, it's it's really hard to tell right now because, you know, preseason, who cares, whatever, doesn't mean anything. But here you go, I'll make a guess because, you know, you asked the question, I will answer it. In the West, I think it's going to be San Antonio. I think they're going to be way better than people think they're going to be. And here's the other team that I think is going to be way better than people give them credit for is Golden State. I think the Golden State Warriors are really, really good. and Everybody needs to be very, very afraid of Golden State because I think they got it going on. They're another team that was really good last year, and they're even better now. It's 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 kind of crazy. Uh, so those are going to be the best two teams in the in the West, I think, San Antonio and Golden State. Now, other teams that are going to make the playoffs in the West, I think, is going to be uh, Minnesota. Um, I think Houston will probably make the playoffs. 
I think even though Kevin Durant is injured, I still think Oklahoma City will make the playoffs. They won't be in the one or the two seed, I don't think. Um, the Clippers will probably make the playoffs. I think the Lakers will be in there, and I think Phoenix will be in there. And my dark horse is going to be uh, Memphis. That's another team that I think could could make the playoffs if they play well. Okay, uh, last question for Joe. Um, what happened between podcasts? Why did why did I take so long before making a podcast? Um, yeah, I, I apologize for that to everybody. Um, I basically took last season off. Um, not to get too long winded about it. I mean, I, with my own stuff that I had going on in my life, I have a lot of jobs that I do, and one of the jobs I do, I, I, uh, I compose music for people. Um, and I business was actually booming as they say and I had a little bit more business that I could handle and I was kind of took all of my time to uh work on uh, on my business and on jobs and stuff and I just didn't have the time to do it and then while that was happening the team was just terrible and last season just the injuries and everything going on it was just really really depressing and I was just so angry all the time I was like half once the season started and I hadn't done the podcast, I was just like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to talk about this. I, even though I did have stuff to talk about, but it was basically just the combination of those two things, you know, just work, regular life work stuff that was really, uh, really, really taking my time. And, and the fact that the season was going so badly, I just was like, you know what? Let's just pretend this never happened. So it's gone. It's over. We're back. Here we are. Brand new season. I think it's going to be way better this year. So I apologize for the long sabbatical, but we're back, and uh, and here we go. All right, last couple questions uh, before we end this thing. Uh, these ones come from Gabe, another uh, great longtime listener to the podcast. Um, Gabe basically wants to know about the all the Kobe bashing lately. So I, I have a little bit of, of a take on that. I mean, I think he's, he's referring to this article that came out uh, on ESPN a couple of days ago which is completely bashing Kobe Bryant and basically saying he's the problem that the Lakers kind of suck right now. It's all Kobe's fault. And it was, it's kind of a ridiculous letter and it sorts, you know, spends the whole time quoting anonymous sources and people close to this and close to that and whatever. It's one guy, I'm sure Kobe was rude to him at one point. And so he's been negative towards Kobe in the media for years. It's, it's no surprise. I don't, can't even remember the guy's name, and it wouldn't really do him justice to say his name and give him free advertising out here. So, um, you know, it, it's kind of a like a hip thing right now for everybody, this, this Kobe bashing. Everybody's saying, you know, oh, Kobe's over the hill. Kobe's done. ESPN just published their, you know, the, the ranking all the players in the NBA, and Kobe was ranked number 40, I think. It's it's just stupid. It's ridiculous. And it's, it's a bandwagon thing. Everybody's kind of doing it because he's been injured and he's so old and all this stuff. So everybody just writes him off, you know, which is fine. Uh, whatever. I don't care. It doesn't bother me that much. It's going to feel all that much better, you know, if he is able to come back and, and be effective and be amazing and, and help us win games and screw everybody, you know. But it's, it's just the way it is. It's something that it is. It's going to, ha- and it's going to keep happening. It, if we, Let's say, hypothetically, the Lakers win the championship this year. People will still say it afterwards. Wow, that was amazing. Lakers won the championship, but Kobe Bryant is done. There's no way. He's done. He's over. He's over. So take it with a grain of salt, you know, because here's exactly what's going to happen, and mark my words on this. Two years from now, 
the moment that Kobe retires and hangs it up, which I believe he will do after next season, as soon as Kobe retires, it is going to completely change at the drop of a hat, and it's going to be like a tsunami of Kobe love in the press. The moment he retires, everybody's going to think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. You watch. You watch and you wait. Once he retires, it is going to be Kobe Bryant is the best thing ever. It's just Kobe and Jesus. They're the best things ever. That's going to be what I'm telling you. People are going to, It's going to be ridiculous how fast it's going to change from the Kobe bashing to the Kobe love. But it won't happen. It will not happen until he retires. That's that's the way the media and the press works in this in this country for some reason. If somebody when some once somebody dies, you know, going to be insensitive. But when uh, there's a death of somebody famous or influential, once they die, all of a sudden they're a saint, and everybody is so reverential of the person, which is fine. But they can't do it while they're alive or while they're still doing what they're doing. So with Kobe, it's not going to happen. Uh, but as soon as he retires, it's going to completely, completely change. Just just wait. And when it happens, you'll be like, oh, man, Lego Lance is right. Uh, Gabe also wants to know about uh, my thoughts on Steve Nash. I mean, I, I kind of said before, I, I'm sad for Steve. I, I think he's great. He's a great player. He's a great individual. Um I was excited that we were going to get him on the team. I really wanted him to be healthy and show what he can do. And the, the starting backcourt of Kobe and, and Steve Nash is just like a like a wet dream that kind of never happened. you know. And, and I'm bummed about that, and I feel bad for him. I'm, I'm not mad at him for taking the money. I'm not mad at him for you know signing a contract that we offered him you know, for the three years, $27 million. You know, he's, he's Steve Nash. And let's not forget, everyone, he was he – was, I'm not completely healthy, but he was healthy when we signed him. He had just played a full season with with Phoenix. He hadn't wasn't having all these injury problems when we signed him. You know, we signed him, he comes out and, you know, he gets a freak injury, he breaks his ankle in the second game or third game of the season, whatever, and then it all went downhill from there. But but he was relatively healthy when he signed him. So it's not like these guys are so stupid. Why would they sign this guy? He can't play. He was able to play when we signed him. It's it's just bad luck, along with the fifty billion other things that happened that were bad luck last season. So you know, hats off to Steve Nash. He's amazing. First round, first ballot Hall of Famer, and lucky to have him on our team for the short time that we did. But now I think we're going to trade him, um, so somebody can dump his contract. Uh, season expectations. What are my expectations for the season? Um, I it's hard. I don't really have expectations for the season. I want to win every game. Not like, and there, I don't want to win all the games. I want to win every game. Meaning that whatever game we're playing, I want to be competitive in that game, no matter who we're playing, and I want to try to win that game. And I think if we stick to the, the philosophies that the coaching staff is putting on these guys and do it one game at a time, concentrate on our fundamentals, concentrate on our defense, I think every single game is a winnable game for us. And I think if we do that, we might be able to win more games than we lose. And that's my expectation for, for the year. I want these guys to continue to get better. I want them to play good defense and be competitive in every single game. And then you get to the season, and we'll see what happens. Whatever happens, happens. So that, that's my expectation for this year. You know, I don't think the team's going to suck like most of the L.A. sports media seems to think. 
Um, I don't think we're going to go and win the championship this year, um, but I think we can be competitive. And if we can kind of grow some chemistry and some confidence with, with a lot of these guys, then who any, anything can happen. It's the NBA, man. Anything can happen. It's a long season. It's a marathon season. We just have to keep working individually every single day, work on the little things, the details, defense, and anything can happen, man. Anything can happen. So that's that's my expectations. Uh, I think Byron Scott is doing a fantastic job. I think he's a really great coach. I think he's probably the perfect coach for us at this time. Um, I think he's saying all the right things. You know, He's approaching it in the right way. Um, he's getting a lot of love right now, and I think I think he deserves it, and I think he's doing a great job. You know, my only concern for Byron is if things do go south at some point in the season, if things go bad, maybe for injuries or we, we just start losing and, and it's things are going bad faster than they're going good, that's when I get a little bit worried because I'm not entirely convinced yet of Byron Scott's ability to keep a team together when things are going bad because I've kind of I've seen teams quit on him before when things were not going well. So, there's no there's no reason for me to assume that's going to happen this year, but like I said, if things start to go south, I'm trepidatious at best of his ability to really kind of hold things together and keep everything going and keep the guys on the same page. But if things are going well, I think it's going to be fantastic. If, if the guys continue to improve, I think it's going to be fantastic. So, uh, in short, I am very much looking forward to this season. I don't, I don't care if everybody in the world says that we're going to suck and that we're terrible. Bring it on. Let's go and show everybody what we can do. Let's just win the next game. That's all I want to do. Let's win the next game. How many games do I want to win during the season? I want to win the first game. Whatever game we have in front of us, that's the that's the game that I want to win. And there it is. That's my expectations. So I hope you guys are excited about the season. I'm super excited. I plan on being with you more this year. My um, my idea for these podcasts for this season is I want to do them more often but shorter. I want to do shorter podcasts more often. So what I, what I would do last, well, not last season, the season before last um, I would kind of wait a little bit too long to do a podcast, and by that time, I would have so much to talk about that I would just come in and do these hour-long podcasts. So, I mean, I've still gone late longer than I intended to go on this podcast, and I did nothing but answer questions. So I'm going to try to keep them, do them more often so I can keep them a little bit brief, like 20, 20 30 minutes at the most. That's going to be my goal. We'll see if I, if I can stick to it, but that's the goal that I'm thinking about because I want everybody to be able to listen to them and enjoy them, uh, hopefully half as much as I enjoy doing them. So, again, thanks again for listening. Um, thanks for being a Laker fan. And uh, hit me up with a question, whatever you want me to talk about. Let me know on the Facebook page, on Twitter, and I would be more than happy to answer your question on the podcast and call you out. Thanks, Joe, and thanks, Gabe, for the questions. You guys are awesome. Everybody, keep the faith. Don't get discouraged. Go Lakers. Lakers.